Coming up on this episode of Nintendo Cartridge Society, Pokemon, Sun and Moon, and a new segment where we apologize for our mistakes. It's dangerous to go alone, so the Nintendo Cartridge Society goes with you. Welcome to Nintendo Cartridge Society. I'm Patrick Ellers, joined as always by my co-host, Mark Mitchell. Hey, how's it going, Patrick? Uh, Going good, Mark. How are you? I am... Have you ever had one of those days where you're, like, irritated and you don't know why? I usually know why. We'll see. Okay, so I've been in... Like, I felt, like, kind of, like, irritated today. And so Mm. I was taking inventory of the things, like, in my life. I'm like, what could I be irritated about? And I think I narrowed it down to Fantastic Beasts and where to find them. Oh, I so you saw Fabulous Beasts. Um, I, I have not seen this movie. Yeah. How? So you did not. You did not care for this thing. I think I kind of hated it. Oh, so like, did you get mad about it? No. Or is it just like this has been like simmering in you for a while? I think maybe that's what it was. What uh, would you say your relationship to Harry Potter is otherwise? I'm a huge Harry Potter fan. Okay. Do you think that plays into why you don't like it? Or is it just a bad movie? I think it's kind of just a bad movie. And when did you see it? I saw it last night. Okay. So it has not yet been like 24 hours. No. Okay. I think I went to bed like thinking like, this wasn't very good. <laughs> Which was disappointing because I wanted it to be great. Right. Because um, there's going to be four more of them. Yeah. And so, look, obviously, this is all for a different podcast. <laughs> uh, but all I'll say is, to me, this is a much better movie than The Phantom Menace. But it has, <laughs> <laughs> but it has the same problems that The Phantom Menace had, especially when it comes to its like story and especially when it comes to its characters. Oh, that's a huge bummer. Yeah. Because I feel like the characters are some of the weakest parts of Phantom Menace. Like, that's where... Yeah. Ugh, I don't even really want to think about it. So, anyway... There's always a bigger fish, Mark. <laughs> so... <laughs> so, anyways, like, we don't have to talk about it, but when that uh, prequels hot take starts showing up when the next Fantastic Beast movie comes out, just remember that... Right. Remember where you heard it. Yeah. Here first. Because I'm not going to write it. I'm too lazy. No, of course not. <laughs> but yeah, I, it was it was disappointing. Other than that, life's great. Yeah, great. Uh, I, I am um, recovering from a the the long weekend um, wherein we have to pretend that our lives aren't our lives, where like we don't work for four days and right. we eat foods we don't eat and uh, drink during the day and all of these things. I'm like remembering how to live my life again, mm-hmm. which is sounds dramatic. I don't mean to be so dramatic, but this is this is just how I feel. It's been tough to drag myself back to like reality. Yeah, reentry is always difficult. That's right. If Apollo 13 has taught us nothing, it's that reentry is always difficult. Mm-hmm. And the uh, weather, got to get to the weather report. Oh, um, it's chilly. Chilly. Chilly I, in LA. I was LA. struggling for a way to describe it, but yeah, I mean, chilly is obviously the word. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> chilly, uh, brisk. Brisk. Um, pleasant. It is pleasant. Uh, we're dressed in layers. Mark, you're wearing a nice jacket. Thank you. Is this new? Um, I have had it for... No, it's not. That's the short oh, answer. Okay. <laughs> yeah. 
Well, the I, history of my jacket is another podcast that I will also. <laughs> I'm done listening to that jacket podcast. By the way, <laughs> I put in too many hours. I just can't keep going. Uh, Mark, I would like to propose a new segment for the podcast. Um, I am a little bit excited for this segment because it means that we've gone on long enough to have accumulated enough errors. Sure. Well, this. Well, hold on. So this, <laughs> this, this segment. Well, I'm, we're going to call it the debug. Uh-huh. Okay? Uh huh. Okay. All video games go through an extensive uh, debugging process to assure the highest quality stand, the highest standards of quality. Well, I'm already messing this up. <laughs> so this has not been debugged. Um, all of our quality assurance happens on the fly, which means we do make some mistakes. Uh, so now let's debug last week's episode, and we're going to do that uh, with a little bit of help from. Uh, my friend, our um, uh, uh, listener to the podcast, um, Pete. Pete says, hi, guys. This is stressful to me because I don't know what this email says. So you could be springing something very like a personal attack on me and I would never know. Well, and one of these days, Mark, it will be. In parentheses, he says, wait for Mark to say hi. Oh, hi. <laughs> okay. Uh, here are a bunch of random thoughts I texted Patrick while listening to the latest episode. It's true. I got a bunch of texts from Pete uh, while he was listening to the episode. Um, he says, I, too, have very fond memories of Adventures in the Magic Kingdom, but it is aged poorly. Fun tidbit, the layout of the park is much closer to, to the Disneyland park than it is to the Magic Kingdom. So that's one, I guess, correction or clarification that the uh, park is more like Disneyland than it is like the Magic Kingdom, even though it's Adventures in the Magic Kingdom. Uh, the can shooting game, he goes on to say, was actually in Hogan's Alley, not Wild Gunman. However, Wild Gunman is, in fact, the baby's game Marty plays uh, with his hands in Cafe 80s in Back to the Future. So that's you were right on that one, and I was wrong. Uh, he goes on to say, fun tidbit, it seems the Wii U virtual console release date of Wild Gunman was uh, 10-21-15, or Back to the Future Day, the date that uh, Marty travels to in 2015. Oh, that is actually kind of fun. Yeah. I, I mean, yeah, not, not, not everything in here is going to be not fun. Some of it will be fun. Uh, let's see. Uh, Pete goes on to... Uh, I guess this one isn't isn't a challenge. He he brings up uh, micro machines for the NES. Um, this is in response to uh, me bringing up RC Pro Am as a game that I would put on my NES Classic Two. Um, and micro machines was uh, basically the same top down perspective racing um, game, but it wasn't. It didn't have the Nintendo seal of of quality or approval or whatever. Oh, it was, was it one of those? Yeah, like, uh, unapproved cartridges. Yes, that's By right. Like Tengen or something. Uh, I don't know who produced it uh, exactly, um, but yeah, it, it never it never had the seal, um, and therefore would be maybe a tricky thing to get onto the system. But uh, yeah, they, they they have it. Micro Machines maybe a better pick than RC Pro Am. Um, and then I guess I have some corrections of of our own. Uh, I said that uh, Bucky O'Hare was developed by Capcom. Not true. It's just a very Capcom esque game. Konami developed it. Uh, and Mark made a joke about uh, having a power pad that you would play with your fingers and said it would be like those finger skateboards. We later identified them as tech, tech decks, decks, just not on the air. So uh, if you have any any bugs that you identify uh, on the show, you can email us at Nintendo Cartridge Society at, at gmail.com. Gmail and uh, then we'll bring them up in the in the debug 
And the debug may not be the first thing that we do every week. It may not happen some weeks because I think some weeks will be perfect. It, that's our goal. That's our goal. Uh, Mark, what have you been playing this week? Uh, Pokemon Sun and Moon. Yeah, uh, me too. So that's going to be our, our main topic this week. Right. So should we hold off on any fur- further comments about it now? Or do you want to just jump into our main topic now and hit news after we talk Pokemon? Mm, I'm a stickler for the rules. So let okay. so we'll like keep in the order of things. All right. All right. So that's the tease for later in the episode, uh, Pokemon Sun and Moon. Um, so we will get to that. Uh, Mark, what do you say? You think it's time for us to move on into the news? Sure. Let's go. So Nintendo announced a bunch of cyber deals. Cyber deals. In effect until uh, December 5th. And these are all um, like it's like downloads right like yeah sale on uh downloads for the wii u and 3ds yeah so there are a lot of games on here um and it's not huge savings for the most part um if you go to nintendo's website there's the uh just like a cyber deals banner and you can check it out there are a lot of zelda games um on sale the original legend of zelda is uh three bucks on the 3ds and some other stuff in here that's sort of interesting. I don't know. Um, I have a lot of these games already. Um, so I don't think I'm going to pick up anything. Mark, did you get a chance to uh, look at them? Or? Yeah, I did look through it. I, I am really just like a uh, one per, like one game at a time yeah, type person. And so uh, as I've been playing Pokemon Sun and Moon, like Dragon Quest Seven has completely gone by the way. So, you know, like I haven't even had a chance to. Right. Have you fought a battle in Dragon Quest Seven yet? Not yet. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, no. So I, I didn't really uh, look through these because I feel like my gaming. Uh, yeah, your appetite doesn't really yeah support buying more games right now right but one thing i thought and this is only kind of related to the uh cyber deals Mm -hmm. but uh black friday was just a few days ago yeah sure was and nintendo was releasing that 99.99 uh like mario black and white yeah the new new 3ds's Mm -hmm. and which we recommended Right. We said, that's a good buy. Uh-huh. You should go out and get that. Uh, good luck if you were able to get one. I actually had a friend who I'd been t- talking up uh, Pokemon to. And so he was like, yeah, um, he was looking to get one of those. Completely impossible. Well, good. I'm glad uh, that Nintendo continues to uh, produce hardware that people want but cannot buy. Well, it, this one is especially crazy to me because they're, it's featured in like Target's holiday ads. Yeah, like sure. that are running constantly, mm-hmm. and uh, so I'm assuming more are coming, but it's just nuts. It's amazing to me how it is just the like regular size new 3ds's that are like impossible to come by. Mm-hmm. Um, the XLs, no problem getting them, you know, and like Amazon's got that lime green one, which comes with Super Mario World, like the one of the best games ever made, and like. Yeah, you can order that. It doesn't it, no one's? It's just, not hard to get. I just feel like two hundred dollars. Yeah, is that's a lot. Too much to ask for when you for fifty dollars more during Black Friday, you could get a PS4. Ooh, I just feel like it's hard to ask. Ooh. You know, with with like one or two games, 
I just feel like it's hard to ask. Yeah. Yeah, for like the 3DS, which is a great system, but the technology at this point is like six, seven, eight years old. Yeah, but I mean, you can you can get uh you know Mario and Luigi Dream Team for <laughs> $19.99 instead of $39.99. That game that's it's a rip off at $19.99. So uh so there are i would say games on here worth buying i'm just looking at it right now um so the twilight princess uh hd for 35 that's a pretty good deal triforce heroes i liked a lot um is 23.99 fire emblem awakening is 20 bucks that uh, feels like a good deal that i mean that's a great game that's I, one that would that's tempting to me yeah that's um worth i and also like worth banking i think you know, just to get it now and play it later. Mega Man Legacy Collection on the uh, 3DS is seven fifty. Mario Galaxy Two on the Wii U is ten bucks. Um, that's a great game. And Darksiders, which is normally forty dollars, is now ten. So maybe Darksiders Two, maybe not. Maybe not great. Maybe not great. Maybe it's not great. Maybe not great. Uh, but so yeah, check those out. You have until the fifth, which is to next week, Tuesday, or next Monday? week, Monday, Monday. Uh, so you've got all weekend. So mm-hmm. don't don't rush out. Uh, GameStop CEO Paul Rains kind of just like outed motion controls. It, it's oops for the Nintendo Switch. Mm-hmm. Um, it's kind of been an open secret that. It will probably have motion controls, but this is the first time anybody in the know has said anything about it on the record. Which, yeah, um, not not exciting necessarily, but sort of. It it is interesting that like um, none of the other consoles have that as like a, a packed in motion control as like part of their regular controllers. But we all kind of assumed that it was necessary for the Switch. Yeah. For whatever reason. So specifically what he said is a movement-related game is more fun for kids, you know, taking those accessories off. You can really do a lot of interesting things with that in gameplay. So presumably he's talking about, like, the Joy-Cons, being able to remove them from the central, yeah, uh, like, tablet console thing. We need to learn a lot of new words to talk about this thing, right? Well, I don't think there's... I guess you just called the tablet part the Switch? Yeah, I think it just is the Switch. Yeah. And then the Joy-Cons, Joy-Con L and Joy-Con R. And then the Joy-Con grip is maybe that... The dog-looking thing? The dog-looking thing. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> I'm saying we need to learn these <laughs> Yeah, words. we need to learn that them. We're, we're, not, we're not there yet. Um, the Game Awards will feature new footage of The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild. All right, I, I have to fess up here. There was a moment where I was going to go, the Game Awards, ugh, will feature. <laughs> but we I, did, hey, look, we did rag on the Game Awards last week. Yeah, so that's uh, why I'm kind of holding, that's why. Yeah, maybe even going so far as to say, who cares about the Game Awards? <laughs> and yet here we are one week later reporting on them. Well, okay, so this is also just a, a subset of the debug here where we are apologizing for our mistakes. The Game Awards will feature new footage of The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild. Um, and the Game Awards are this coming Thursday, December right. 1st at 6 p.m. Pacific time. Uh, so, you know, we'll next time we'll talk about whatever we see um, in Breath of the Wild. Though at this point, I imagine this can be more running through fields and messing up. Bokoblins. It'll be interesting to see what they show because we are fingers crossed like six months away 
eight months away from who knows who knows who knows uh, when this thing's coming out it is interesting to me that they are choosing that they're doing this at all um right now like about a you know mm-hmm. a month and change until the big switch reveal yeah well the game awards was it last year or two years ago that they were showing footage from breath of the wild i feel at, like it was two years ago that's amazing yeah that this game has been uh that I want to say close, but obviously it hasn't been that that it's been like in a playable and anticipatable form for that long. Um, and that was really like the first time that we saw how like big and open and uh, like strange it was. So I don't know. I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing a little bit more of the game, um, but also kind of at this point, I'm like, just come back when it's ready. Right. Like what more can you show me that will... I mean, I'm already going to buy it. Right. <laughs> so I would rather just have it be here. Um, but kind of cool. Hopefully, we'll see a different aspect of it. You know, because we've kind of really only seen that. First, yeah, like the like, open world. Yeah, like the plateau, I think they call it. Like, we've mm-hmm. only ever really seen that and a little bit of the puzzle stuff. Um, what, uh, what kind of stuff do you want to see? And I know that this gets into more like speculative, like, what do you think the game is? But what, uh, what kinds of things do you want to see? In the trailer? Sure. They just haven't shown us any, like, they haven't really shown us villages or towns yeah. and that sort of, like, NPC interaction. Outs- they haven't really shown anything outside of the, uh, the uh, that's yeah, like, the plateau, like, that open world. And so I- I'd like to see, I think it'd be fun to see more of that, because that's something we haven't seen any of. Yeah, I'd like to see some of that, too. I think I'd like to see more sword combat. Um, most of the action that we've seen in the game so far is either like Link skating around on the shield or um, kind of messing stuff up with like chain reaction. But like, I don't know. I, I'm I'm curious how the actual sword play in the game is. Um, because no matter what else you're doing in a Zelda game, like kind of the moment to moment action is almost always going to be sword based and like. Is it just going to be a link to the past style where I'm just jamming on the button until something dies? Or, um, you know, will, will there be something more to dig into there? So I, I hope, I, I think your, your request is a good one. I would also like to see what like NPC interaction and what the civilized parts of this game are. Uh, and then I'd also like to just see some swordplay. Yeah, I feel like they, so far everything they've shown has been really focused on showing what makes breath of the wild different from other zelda yes. games and as we get closer i'm sure we'll just start seeing more in general but um so i can understand from their perspective why they're focusing purely on like what makes it different and new yeah. and interesting but i would like to see more of the familiar uh also i mean honestly i'm just waiting to see the tingle trailer i just want i just want all tingle just as much tingle as we can what y- Yep, maximum tingle. Mostly what I want is I want this game to be like Metal Gear Solid 2, where you're playing as Link for the first, like, two hours. It's a big gotcha. Uh, yeah, and then it just turns around and it's just, no, now you're tingle for the last 50 hours of that the game. That would be amazing. I would be so frustrated. It would be infuriating after years of anticipation, <laughs> but it would be so, it would be kind of be amazing. Yeah. Um, the Speaking of the Switch, mm. uh, I was reading earlier today that nintendo in new york is holding a big i believe it's invite only like switch hands-on event for january 13th which is the day after their big event in tokyo yeah 
So it makes me wonder if... Are we going? <laughs> I mean, I assume we Just will call, absolutely... Call up Mr. Nintendo. <laughs> call your uncle who works at Nintendo. Um, but yeah, so m- maybe not everybody will be... Not all the game journalists will be brought over to mm-hmm. uh, Japan for like the reveal event that's going to happen on the 12th. And um, they'll be brought to like New York instead. Which is, uh, and then that that's hands-on too, which is always exciting to actually, you know, instead of getting just like, you know, we can look at videos and, and comment on them. Uh, and when I say we, I mean anyone. Right. <laughs> you and I in this scenario represent anyone. Uh, so yeah, that, that'll be cool. That's um, when we first heard that uh, uh, January 12th was going to be a date that we would hear more about the Switch. I was like, man, that's so far away. And now, like, I don't know, it seems like it's basically tomorrow. Yeah, it's very close. Very close. Um, so I feel like Nintendo does not do a very good job of uh, communicating what is going to be released on their platforms during a given week or a given month. Yes, generally true, especially true for virtual console releases. So uh, we're going to look back on November and see what was released on virtual consoles. And just let you know, because there were some kind of cool games released on the virtual console this month. You would really have no way of... Knowing it was released. Unless you went into the virtual console ugh, and just like went poking around right. for like, hey, tell me what's new. What? Who does that? Uh, Mario Hoops 3 on 3 was released on November 3rd for $9.99 on the Wii U. Was originally a DS game. Square Enix, right? Yeah, Square Enix made a Mario 3 on 3 basketball game featuring um, like the White Mage and Black Mage from Final Fantasy. Uh I've never played this game, but it always fascinated me. Um, it was one of it was on my like DS wish list forever, and I may pick it up now that it's ten bucks on the Wii U. <laughs> uh, also released was Excite Bike sixty four on November seventeenth. Again, ten bucks on the Wii U. Hey, so let's talk about the Excite games real quick. Um, there are three of them: Excite Bike, Excite Bike sixty four, and Excite Truck, which came out on the Wii. Um, the Excite games uh, come out once every other generation, which means the Switch... Think you're eh? getting one for Switch? I think, I think we're going to get one for Switch. I mean, what has Monster Games developed anything fairly recently? Maybe that's maybe they've been working on that. Maybe. So are you suggesting Excite Monster Truck? Um, there was like a rumor. I wish I could source it, but I can't remember where I read it, that there's like a the Wave Race might make a return for the switch i would like that wave race 64 i uh dumped a bunch of hours into that game so you think you merge the franchises <laughs> excite jet ski <laughs> <laughs> did you ever do you remember back in the early days of the, of the nintendo 3ds when they were releasing 3d versions of classic games yes so they would like actually like put in the work to make like excite bike 3d yeah I the um 3D port of Kid Icarus of the original Kid Icarus um so the it's NES classics Kid Icarus 3D I I forget exactly what order all of those words are in <laughs> but I'm sure they're all there um it actually makes uh Pitt's jumps a little bit floatier and makes the game playable um 
I, I, I can't play regular uh, Kid Icarus. I, can't, I don't play it as it appears on the NES Classic because um, it's too hard. But his jumps are just a, a tiny bit floatier on the 3DS 3D version. And so I played the whole game and ended up loving it. Oh, that's really interesting. Um, I would totally recommend to anyone with a 3DS to go ahead and get the 3D version of the which you're you're right like it is a totally bizarre thing to patch in 3D graphics well, on an NES game. Well like you're saying I don't think it was patched like I think they had to go in and like yeah, re- cuz which is why they were able to make it more floaty. Yeah. Um it was just like a weird experiment that Nintendo was doing at the beginning that must have taken too much manpower and too little sales to make it worthwhile. Well is it I okay so they did Kid Icarus and they did Excite Bike these aren't like huge sellers on the like. There's no Zelda game in there. There's no Mario game. I think in they there. did Urban Champion too. What are what what who <laughs> who makes that decision? Like, Urban Champion is one of those really like awful games yeah. that Nintendo consistently puts out on Virtual Console, and I have no idea why. I I mean, someone must be paying them to do it, right? <laughs> it's like the opposite of licensing. Someone's <laughs> like, oh, put my game on. <sighs> um the legend of zelda majora's mask november 24th for 9.99 on the wii u uh a good deal a good price for majora's mask it should be pointed out that this is the uh nintendo <clears throat> nintendo 64 version and not the uh 3ds version which will still run you 40 bucks on on 3ds right now i think it's interesting that they do this that they uh, put the original out because there are people who mm-hmm. like probably prefer the original over because the 3ds one is you know very similar but it is a remake and things have been changed right um and i mean majora's mask is uh the the one game that i can think of at any rate that i stopped playing because it was upsetting me too much um and i i I don't know how I how far I would have gotten into it if it were also like clunky and didn't look as sharp as it does on the 3DS. The 3DS remake is is really is really pretty and very nice. Um, I think there are people who prefer the challenge of the original in the sense that they prefer the aesthetic challenge of it being <laughs> uglier. <laughs> yes. Okay. <laughs> um, Breath of Fire Two, November twenty fourth. For seven ninety nine on the three DS. Uh, yeah, continuing the um Super Nintendo library on the three DS. I uh picked up uh, Breath of Fire, the OG Breath of Fire. I picked up um over the weekend, um because it is also on the Virtual Console, and I always thought it would be fun to play the Breath of Fire games. They're published by Square, but developed by Capcom, or something along those lines. Wow. The thing is, uh, published by Square, which means the Square RPGs are in play here. Like, just put them out on the 3DS. I want to play me some Chrono Trigger, and I want to play me some Final Fantasies 2 and 3. I feel like they've kind of done all of the three uh, Super Nintendo games on 3DS that they're going to do. The Virtual Console just feels kind of like an afterthought at this point. Yeah, but still four games came out this last month. That's true. And I know four games is not a lot. Over four weeks. Over four weeks. That's right. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. It would be... I mean, there there are so many Super Nintendo games that it'd be great to see on the 3DS, like Mm -hmm. Chrono Trigger and 
for one. Right. Uh, yeah. And so we'll 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 keep an eye on those. Uh, end of December, we'll talk about it. Um, end of January until it stops happening. Um, because there's also a lot of um. DS games that are coming to the um to the Wii U. Yeah, I think that's interesting. Like they released Animal Crossing Wild World mm-hmm. um just a few weeks ago and like that was the Animal Crossing game that I put a ton of time into. That was my first Animal Crossing game. Yeah. But it feels unnecessary at this point now yeah. that New Leaf is out. I mean, there's a lot of it that feels unnecessary. The um Metroid Prime Hunters and Metroid Prime Pinball are both up there now. And I I mean I guess it's not like there are a lot of other Metroid games to play. Right. Like, and there's not there it's not like there's like a superior version of Metroid, Metroid Prime Pinball, Pinball. You know, like that <laughs> that <laughs> that's they just a franchise that should come back. <laughs> Maybe that's what Rare's been working or Retro's been working on. <laughs> yeah. How disappointing would that be? <laughs> If Retro comes out in January and is like, we've been developing a new pet Metroid Prime pinball, pinball game. Do you think people would be more upset with that or another Donkey Kong Country Returns game? Oh, I thought you were going to ask or Federation Force 2. <laughs> okay, what if it's Donkey Kong Country Federation Force Pinball? <laughs> That'd be one of those like tingles, tingle type situations where it'd be <laughs> sure. like, I... It would be so impressive because it'd be so appalling. Yes. Good. Good. I'm glad. I think. I think we found maximum Nintendo appalling. <laughs> if retro comes out, it feels like the poochie yeah. of uh, Nintendo games. It's like, hey, it's all the things you you want from a Nintendo game, right? Right. You guys like this, right? Yeah. You like Donkey Kong. You like Metroid. You... I guess you like pinball. You like pinball. <laughs> Oh, what else is coming out? Or so that those are the games that did come out in November. Here's what we've got coming out um, this week: uh, Super Mario Maker comes out on the 3DS uh, on Friday, uh, December second. It'll cost thirty nine ninety nine, and is mostly um, just Super Mario Maker. Uh, Mark, are you gonna are you gonna pick this up? Or are you interested in getting this game? Um, you know. I kind of feel the same way about Super Mario Maker that I felt about Little Big Planet on the PS3. You don't want to make stuff. Yeah, I I just don't have that personality where I I think it's like the things that people can make are amazing, but I my like I just don't have the patience and to like perf- to like build a level and perfect it. Yeah. Um like anytime there's like a level builder like the one that was in Smash Brothers just like you know try it out for a few seconds and then make some hideous level that is completely unplayable non-functional not yeah. fun you know and then i'm just like okay i'm done with this so i probably won't pick this up uh but i i think it's cool that it exists yeah me too i i i have already sunk many hours creating levels on the wii u um and i expect if it comes out on the switch that i will which i don't hours. know if we talked about it last week when we were taking the highway to the rumor zone but the, there is a rumor that you know there's a Super Mario Maker coming forthcoming for the Switch. Yeah, it's possible that we uh, maybe didn't have any change, and so we couldn't pay the tolls for that part of the rumor zone, mm-hmm. the highway to the rumor zone. Or maybe we were which we uh, take surface streets. <laughs> yeah, maybe we had to take surface streets, and thus missed um, just missed part of it. Uh, yeah, just missed part of it. Uh, yeah, and I, I mean, I, I, the thing that is super appealing about 
Super Mario Maker on either 3DS or the Switch is I I love the idea of being able to take levels with you, like work with them on the on the go. Um, I spend so much like all of my creation time spent looking you know directly at the gamepad anyway. Um, there's no reason to have the TV there until you're playing levels. Um, so it'll be cool, and I'm glad that people who don't own Wii U's are going to get a chance to uh, play it. And I also think the 3DS version, even though like the level creation part doesn't appeal to me, there are a lot of levels include. You know, it's not yeah. that's like probably a large aspect of the game, and probably the majority of yeah. for a lot of people. That's what gives it gives it its longevity. Yeah, but there the 3DS version comes with a ton of levels to yeah, just play like, like a, a Mario game, like a hundred Nintendo design levels. Yeah. Now I'm thinking about if I should get it. How many times do I want to buy <laughs> Super, Mario Super Mario Maker? Mm, it's been about a year. Nah, I'm gonna wait for Switch. <laughs> uh, Zelda series amiibos, yeah, uh, are coming out on Dece- Also coming out on December second. Mm-hmm. There's uh, Link: The Legend of Zelda, like the 8-bit version. Very excited about that one. Uh, Link: The Ocarina of Time for 12.99, and Toon Link and Zelda from Wind Waker for 24.99. Coming together in a two-pack. Uh, there, I have them all pre-ordered. They should all arrive on Friday. I don't know where. Now, wait, you ha- currently have links, right? Or you, ha- ha- you have I have a Young Link. A, yeah, I have a a Toon Link. And I've got um, Ganondorf is in the bedroom. Mark is looking around my apartment right now, <laughs> trying trying to find my amiibos. Um, they're scattered around. You'll never find them all. Uh, yeah, I I and uh, the um, Wolf Link is somewhere, though I don't know where. He's here. I trust it. I have faith. Uh, yeah. So I am missing the the regular Link amiibo and both Zelda and Sheik. Um, so I should probably round that out at some point oh yeah definitely (laughs) thank you thank you for that judgmental little scowl (laughs) uh i'm hoping that these are not a um a nintendo classic edition slash uh new 3ds situation and people are able to buy these if they want them i i was saw somebody tweeting about it earlier that at like this week they were available for pre-order somewhere yeah i saw that you like on best buy or something yeah um yeah and most of the amiibo releases since the splatoon amiibo um have been easy to come by but uh in the states link is the most popular the most purchased amiibo um not true in japan but in america for whatever reason people love that link amiibo uh so you know we'll we'll see if these prove to be just as popular or we'll 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 find out this is kind of this is not related um but, okay but something i just you uh you talking about link being the most popular selling amiibo in the mm-hmm. united states there was some discussion uh online when the uh when the rumor that mario was going to be a launch title for the switch and Breath of the Wild was going to come out in summer. Yeah, there was uh, some like discussion back and forth that uh, Link and like The Legend of Zelda is actually more popular with gamers now than like it would be a bigger seller to have Breath of the Wild at launch rather than a Mario title at launch. 
because gamers care more about Zelda at this point than they do about Mario. And I was just curious as to if you had any thoughts on that. Uh, I I could well, I don't know. Do you think that the numbers really bear that out? Like, I I feel like we've gotten both Mario and Zelda. We've had a lot of in the last like five years. Um, you know, between Mario Maker and Mario on the Wii U, uh, just like the both uh Super Mario 3D World and Super, New Super Mario Brothers U. And Zelda, there's been, you know, the re-releases and remasters of Majora's Mask and Twilight Princess. And then Wind Waker. Yeah, Wind Waker. And also uh, Hyrule Warriors on both platforms. Um, and both of the games being on the NES Classic. I just, I just feel like all of these games are everywhere all the time. Um, so I don't know. Do you, do you think that, does that bear out in your experience that, like, people are more excited about zelda than they are mario um not i I don't know i don't know i i think maybe for like gamers like people who are like yeah um it's definitely just cooler right that like zelda is a cooler franchise than mario is but i don't know if that which certainly makes it appeal more to gamers right that it feels more like hardcore and more like adventure um, and Mario is just sort of, like, fun. Well, especially, I mean, look, both of us, like, really enjoyed the modern Mario games. Yeah. But there is no question that as Mario has, um, especially, I feel like, on the Wii U, like, with New Super Mario Brothers mm-hmm. and uh, Super Mario World 3D, there is challenge in those games, obviously, mm-hmm. right? But you kind of have to go looking for it. Yeah. Uh, the games themselves are very friendly. and um. I don't know that the same could be said of any of the Legend of Zelda games. Yeah. They're approachable, but they are more challenging, you know, from the onset. Right. And just ask more, even just of like a, a time commitment. Right. Um, and, and attention, really. And so I think like in the same way that gamers, people who like play a lot of video games are really excited about uh, like Bloodborne and Dark Souls, which are very challenging games and probably not very approachable for a casual player. Um, you we might be seeing the same sort of thing here, where it's like, yeah, there's more enthusiasm for Legend of Zelda, even though if you were to open this up to this population at wide, yeah. Um, Mario games are would probably be more playable, but again, like even just the cool factor, if you were to, how many adults do you see with Legend of Zelda T-shirts versus Mario, Mario t-shirt. T-shirts? Yeah, I mean that's a good question. I I mean I I think there's also something to be said for just like the space in the popular culture that Mario occupies, um, it's the same space as like Pokemon and like Mind Minecraft, not Minecraft, but Minecraft, um, and like Angry Birds, right? That it's all like it's all that sort of cute but approachable um, kind of gearing or kind of uh, um uh, uh that like young people want it attractive to young people uh yeah i mean i feel like mickey mouse is a really good yeah analog for like what mario is and again this is not to denigrate the um mario games themselves which i have a ton of fun playing and i yeah. think are great but i do think um there is this sort of stigma is not really the right word but it's the only one i can think of at the I moment think that, i think that's right 
that so, there is like a stigma around playing that like a Mario game is a, a kids game. Yeah, and and yeah. I don't and um I don't know how true this is for Japan. I know that in general, uh, Zelda games are way more popular in the West than they have become in you know like Japan. Yeah. Um, and Japan is also a culture that uh, like like cuteness. Yeah, is a, cuteness never goes out of fashion right. for adults. Whereas, yeah. you know, th- that is obviously not the case in the West. That's right. So I can see why how this like balance has kind of like shifted, and it's just a it's just an interesting dynamic for Nintendo to have to balance. Um, but yeah, I just no good good thought. Uh, Mark, let's move out of the news. Now it's time for a regular segment on the show. It is time for 433. In 1952, American composer John Cage wrote a piece called 433, wherein a performer or a group of performers didn't play their instruments for 4 minutes and 33 seconds. For the purposes of this show, our instruments are talking about Nintendo. For the duration of one performance of 433, Mark and I will talk about something not Nintendo-related, thus fulfilling the contract of 433. Can I ask a clarifying question about 433? Sure. Um... Is it four minutes and 33 seconds every time? Okay, so it, the, theoretically, the name of the piece changes with the length of the performance. Gotcha. Um, but the original performance was four minutes and 33 seconds, and that sort of became the, uh, the standard bearer for the piece going forward. Um, today's uh, performance is by a band called Star something. They introduced themselves at the beginning of the video, so I'm just going to let them do that, and then you and I will... Uh, go on with our performance as well. Okay, so we are Stardust, and we are playing John Cage's 4 minutes and 33 seconds. Let's go. All right, Mark, that marks the beginning of our, of our segment. Uh, we are going to be talking about headphones and purchasing headphones today. Well, I had to get new headphones. Um... I use them primarily for my phone, mm-hmm. and I've just been using the standard ones that come with like an iPhone. Yeah, and I've had these, I guess, for two years at this point because I have an iPhone six, and they're just the ones that came packed in. Yeah, but the uh, like the wire at the bottom near the connector had like frayed. Yeah, and so I was only getting sound in one ear. It's such a bummer. It really blows because I I like having the microphone and everything, mm-hmm. um, but so I will eventually. Um, my birthday's coming up, so maybe for my birthday get like a nicer set of headphones. But to get me through, I hear the hint, Mark. I hear it. <laughs> <laughs> it would get me through that week. Um, I went to Best Buy today with my friend who was buying a PS4, and oh, so you were getting drastically different purchases, <laughs> right? Yeah. yeah. So he had gotten one of the like Cyber Monday Pro. Uh, no, just regular because like for two fifty he got the PS4 slim uh with uncharted 4 and the legacy edition of the new call of duty which comes with oh great um the call of duty 4 remastered Mm -hmm. modern warfare remastered um so he was like he had ordered that online he was picking it up in store i was like oh yeah we like went on our break and i'm like oh yeah i'll uh walk our offices like a few blocks front like half a mile from a best buy yeah so we just like went down there and i was looking through and so i bought like five dollar headphones that promised something called unruly bass i'm still not clear if that's a warning or a feature i i think bass should always be reined in controlled controlled bass uh 
I, there's always <laughs> very excited uh, person in the audience there. Um, whenever I buy headphones, I do the the thing where I, I am like, I'm gonna get I'm gonna get good headphones, and then I realize good headphones are like two hundred dollars, and I'm like, I'm gonna get bad headphones. <laughs> I'm also not like much of a uh, audiophile. Yeah, like uh, it doesn't really sound I can't tell the difference yeah and so which is great because then I can just buy cheap headphones and be like these are fine yeah I mean I, I think for you know listening to music on your phone or podcasts or whatever um, that it doesn't really matter that much like unless you're really trying to you know immerse yourself in a musical experience or if you're doing recording where you know it's not Two guys, uh, two microphones, and a, and a laptop, um, as as we are set up right now, then you're probably fine getting basically whatever. Um, Five dollars is a is that's a good that's a good price for some throwaway headphones. Oh, and thank you that uh, we were of course uh, accompanied by the band Stardust. Uh, so that was four thirty three this week. Which, of course, leads us to the topic of the day of the week, um, which, of course, is Pokemon Sun and Moon. I'm excited to dive into this. Yeah, let's, uh, let's do it. So, um, Mark, where are you in the game right I'm, now? I think, like, halfway through the third island. Okay, so you're further in the game than I am. Oh, really? See, yeah. I wasn't sure, because how much time have you been able to put into it? Like, how many hours are you in? Yeah, I think my game clock right now is at... Um, 18 and a half hours, 19 hours. So have you been, because I've only played, I think about like 16 or 17. Okay. So, so have you been doing a lot of like side stuff or like collecting a Pokemon and stuff like that? Yeah, I've been doing a lot of just like grind. Well, I, I feel bad anytime one of my Pokemon like starts to outclass the rest of them. Uh-huh. Um, so like my party has, is always um, like hovering at right about the same level. Um, and so whenever my, uh, the cat, what's, uh, sorry, I named him good kitty. Right. So I forget I, what he I, actually the is. The starter was Litten. I don't know yes. what his like. Litten, uh, Tora cat and it's like Incineroar. I genuinely cannot tell you how you're supposed to pronounce, uh, Rowlet's final evolution. Oh, it's like Deus Yeah, it's like a really like rotten hand at Scrabble. You know, yeah, yeah, like yeah. it's like that's not. Uh, <laughs> Which is a shame because Rowlet and Dartrix are so straightforward. Right. And the like the last one is just letter vomit. So I, I really don't know how you're supposed to pronounce it. Okay, so maybe we should go a little bit more basic. Okay. Uh, uh, so we, we know about where, where we are now. Mark, you start. You're playing Pokemon Moon, yes, um, which uh, has all of the time offset by twelve hours. Yeah, which uh, has been interesting. Like the very beginning of the game, mm-hmm. uh, it takes place at night. No matter because when, no matter when I was playing it, like those first, yeah, and I think that's because it is Pokemon Moon. Yeah, mine was all taking place during the day. Yeah, and then, but now when I play, because I usually can only play in the evening mm-hmm. and so it's daytime in the game um have you been able to play during um the transition from day to night or night to day no um because there actually is like a dusk oh where, that's like, cool the the light is like kind of yellowy and i guess the light is always yellow but like red and it's like sunset mm-hmm. um i've played through a couple sunsets and 
you know, I also I wake up early in the morning to get stuff done before I go to work. And sometimes I'm like, oh, I'll play Pokemon for 20 minutes. Um, and I love the way this game uh, can be played for any length of time. Yeah. Because um, you can save anywhere, not in battle. And I, I really have been using the uh, just like sleep function on yeah, my 3DS a lot more. Because yeah. I'll like save and then I'll close. But instead of like shutting it down and like restarting it and everything. Yeah. Um. So yeah. So did that. I chose Rowlet as mm-hmm. my starter. And Rowlet is uh. So the starters. I I don't know like how basic we you know to get, but I I think there will be people listening that um have never played a Pokemon before, um and you know like need... or Sun and Moon, but you know yeah especially yeah. Um. So there there are three starting Pokemon. One of uh Fire type, which is a a Fire Cat named Litten. Uh. There is a little uh plant owl named Rowlet. Uh, who's adorable. He wears a little bow tie. Um, and there is a seal. Uh, water seal sounds redundant, um, but it, it's called Poplio. Um, so Mark started with the Rowlet. I started with Litten. Uh, I named him Good Kitty because he's a good kitty. And I don't change any of the names of my Pokemon. Have you recruited any of the Pokemon um, like from the NPCs in the game that are like, I'll trade you a whatever for a whatever? I have not encountered any of these. Mark, you need to talk to more NPCs in this game. <laughs> um, I think uh, I've encountered two. Um, uh, that's how I got a Poliwhirl and my first uh, ma- Machomp. Oh, yeah. No, I've just the been... fighting type. Oh, yeah. I have not gotten a Machomp yet. I have just um, caught all of my Pokemon so okay. far. Um, any of the uh, Pokemon that you trade for um, with NPCs um, are nicknamed. So... Um, you know, the, my Poliwhirl's nickname is Whirly. I didn't choose it, but his name Can is Whirly. Can you change it? Mm-mm. I mean, that makes sense. It's, it's, it's his name. Yeah. Um, and uh, I, f- I think my Machop's name is Macho or something like that. That's it, pretty it, great. It was cute. So I, I, was, I was happy with that one. Um, so, uh, yeah, we, we talked a little bit about how um, this game takes place in the uh, very Hawaii-esque region, region. of Alola. Mm-hmm. Uh, not aloha no but alola which is also what the characters in the game say to each other it's a greeting right and a goodbye right but it's not aloha but it's, it is not aloha <laughs> it's alola uh-huh um how, how do you how do you feel about the alola region uh i think it's i've been really impressed in general with the um atmosphere of the game yeah when we were talking about the demo i uh mentioned that it felt like the demo the area in the demo felt very empty yeah for like the part where you're like running through the town yeah and it was but and uh so i was worried that that would carry over to the main game but i have not found that to be the case uh i find Mm -hmm. the it very charming the music is great Mm -hmm. like uh, most of the time when i'm playing video games i uh play without sound because i find the music when it's repetitive to be really irritating yeah and I've for the I keep the sound on, uh, for this because even though it is very repetitive, I it doesn't I find it like pleasant. Yeah, it it is just good music, and it uh is very it has a lot of that Hawaiian kind of flair to it. Um, also like, you know, we're we're joking about like it's Alola, not Aloha, but like they're they're using so many Hawaiian things. Like there are, um. There's like a tiki idol at at one point that I that I found. Um, the uh, who one of the trainers keeps calling you cousin, 
like it's uh, like the ev- professor does. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, that's right, that's right. It's the professor, Professor Kuk- uh, Kukui. Yeah, everybody is- who's everybody in this game is super hot. <laughs> well, yeah, everyone in this game is super. Like, hot. I think it's very funny. Like, uh, because it's kind of like uh, you know, like island uh, themed. Like, uh, people will wear lab coats but not shirts. Everybody's like swimming. Yeah, you encounter like, a lot of like- people in bathing suits. <laughs> yeah. It's really funny to me. Yeah, it's it's yeah, I, I like that a lot. I um yeah, so the the region has been super fun to explore. Um can I just uh, uh, about the region um so I I lived in Hawaii for um like five and a half months. Uh I was living with my sister who is uh in the army and she was stationed there at the time. Um, she said, why don't you come out and watch my dog in my house while I'm deployed to Iraq? And I said, okay, great. Because um, you support the troops. Because I support the troops. I support my sister and her family, who are troops. Um, and I support the troops. I don't know. Do, do I need to assert that? Why did you back me into this weird <laughs> corner? I support the troops. <laughs> oh, I see how it is. Tune yourself up. Um, so I feel... Uh, nostalgic and homesick when I play this game, um, even though I don't really consider Hawaii home. But um, there is something about uh, that speed of Hawaiian life that's just like chill and uh, pleasant that I feel like this game really gets right. Um, and I, I don't know if uh, my previous experience with Pokemon games have been, it feels more like accomplishment driven um, that like the other Pokemon games want you to collect all the Pokemon and like rank up at these gyms and stuff. Um, and the whole gym system is, is done away with in this game in favor of something that's a lot more experiential. That Which they call trials. Yeah. They call so them trials. The game is, uh, the Alola region is broken up into, I think five islands. I think it's four main, four, islands four main islands, the little ones. And, uh, and so you're going on this island quest. Uh-huh. With your friends to, and so you've like each island is its own like mini world, mm-hmm. um, with its own Pokedex, with its own Pokedex. And so, and you complete like that island's uh trials, and then you can you like progress on to the next islands, right? And in, in previous Pokemon games, as you conquer gyms, you get badges that allow you to. Um, control higher level Pokemon that aren't the Pokemon you catch. Um, and in this game, you basically get these stones that unlock like special abilities of, of the Pokemon, these Z moves, um, which so like your, your accomplishments in the gym substitutes also help you like change the way the Pokemon perform in battle, uh, which I find it's it's a cool like reward system um even if it like a little bit break i don't know that it 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 doesn't seem like the fairest implementation of like a reward because it's just like oh now my fire kitty gets a awesome uh fire attack um like when we uh, mark and i uh before we started recording uh did our first pokemon fight uh against each other i won no big deal um and, but like part of the reason I won is because I threw out my Z move right away and was like, oh, that's my special move. I'm just gonna play it. Um, so like for competitive purposes, I don't know if yeah, for competitive purposes, I don't like it is interesting. Um, in the game, it doesn't seem to have 
that much of an effect on the gameplay. And maybe it's because I feel very overpowered in the game. Well, like my Rowlet just like wrecks. Yeah, he's pretty high level. Although I guess uh, for where you are in the game, that might be about appropriate. Um, you're like 38 right now, maybe. Yeah, Something but like that. Uh, and that may be true. But there's there's very little challenge. Sure. Um, which is weird because you destroyed me, like straight up, like destroyed me with your fire type. Right. But I have not run into this problem in the game. Well, you haven't been playing against my fire kitty. <laughs> no, but also we're closer level mm-hmm. than because you're your fire thirty four. Thirty four. Mm-hmm. And where I am in the game, I'm like ten levels above the a normal attack. Where it's like they're around like level twenty nine. Yeah. Um and so I uh yeah. I yeah. pretty much so so like Z moves I don't even bother with most of the time. Right. Um so, uh, what what else can we talk about? Well, in here? how how are you feeling about um like your Pokemon collection and like a, as you go, do you uh like dive into the grass and like look for more Pokemon as soon as you get to a new area, or are you quick to like get onto the next thing, or how how are you approaching the game? In the beginning, I was really like when I came, I would be doing, a, I'd be running around in the grass a lot and yeah. trying to uh get more entries for my Pokedex. But recently I've just been trying to push forward in the story. Do you find that sometimes you forget whether you've caught something or not? Oh, all the time. Yeah. I, I do it too where I'm like, do I have a Diglett yet? And, <laughs> I know I fought a bunch of them, but right. like, uh, have I caught it yet? Yeah. It would be nice to have a way to pull up your Pokedex in battle. Yeah, that would be nice. Um, Although I guess maybe that, well, the, the so the game also, if you fought something before, um, then and all subsequent battles, uh, you'll be able to see whether the moves you have are effective, very effective, or not very effective against them. Well, that's true, but it doesn't. So you know if you've encountered it, but you don't know if you have actually captured it. That's right. Well, that's what I'm saying is that like one of the reasons that maybe you wouldn't be able to access your Pokedex in the middle of a fight is that then that's sort of a shortcut to figuring out something's weakness. Like oh, if, you, if I you're see. fighting it for the first time. Although if you're fighting it for the first time, it wouldn't be. It wouldn't be in your Pokedex. Pokedex. All right. Well, then it's a design <laughs> flaw. <laughs> but um, uh, and the uh, the other reason why I haven't been collecting that much, I think what I need to do is go to a, like a bank or like the box and mm-hmm. pull out lower level Pokemon because what will happen is I encounter a Pokemon I have n- I have never encountered before, and even like my Rowlet, uh, or word letter vomit let's uh, look it up i feel like it's worth looking up now. i i i think we can look it up i don't know that we'll be able to parse how it's pronounced unless you're like looking up a video where somebody <laughs> says it um but so i like encounter pokemon i've never seen before it's level you know like 27 one hit from any of my guys who are even though my rowlet's yeah. like level 37 or 38 my other guys are like 34 35 mm-hmm. and so he so a hit from any of the ones that are in my party just completely for the most part decimates any of them so i don't even have an opportunity to capture a pokemon so uh are you using the because there are there's like a a ball that is more effective if it's used earlier in the fight um and there are like have have you been messing around with the the different kinds of of pokeballs Mm -hmm. and uh yeah so like i'm still capturing them when i can but a lot of times 
and I've I've cut back on just like the running around in the grass. But honestly, I could see myself coming back to filling out my Pokedex because you were saying it's a great game that it's like I'll just put twenty minutes into this. Yeah. So I could see myself like watching something on TV and just being like, oh, I'm just gonna run around in the grass. And, yeah. And you know, the- like fill out my Pokedex a little bit. I do think that the the game is good for that sort of thing where like um if I want to um just like keep my head in just the game itself um that I can progress with uh the like the story of the game or um you know do like pay more attention to leveling up like low level pokemon but if I just want to like grind and find new pokemon um I can watch TV or listen to music or a podcast or whatever um so it's it's nice that it it allows you to that it's like totally normal ways of engaging the game and you can kind of choose your level of commitment. Okay, so the the, the spelling of this of this thing <laughs> is D E C I D U E Y E. So let's assume that that E Y E is supposed to be pronounced as I. Okay. Um, that there's like it's like a pun on that. So it's like decide U I decide U I. I don't know, man. <laughs> the other ones are so easy. Yeah. The other ones make so much sense. Rowlet. <laughs> right. This one is just like, okay. So I don't, yeah, I don't know if maybe I'm missing an obvious pun. Uh, but, but, on, but honestly, I don't really like the final evolution. Um, I'm not sure that I like the final evolution of the Litten either. Um, because they're both so cute earlier in the game. And then they become these like, big hulking monsters yeah well and yours is like super buff oh yeah he's way buff. yours like hulks out um and does this amazing spinning move that just looks hilarious yeah uh, it's it's like the, it's called double lariat it is a dark type attack and he just sticks his arms out and starts spinning like he's a uh, zangief or something um and uh yeah it's it's mostly just hilarious because it's like i twirl at you um but Rowlet, his becomes like uh, so you know he's this cute, fat little owl initially, right. and then he becomes this like moody teenager mm-hmm. um, with like which bangs. is also adorable, even, yeah, which is great. And then the last one, he's like this cloaked, like very tall, um, like cloaked. Figure. He's like a, he's like a an owl of Gahul. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and he's just uh, I don't love the design, right? Um, but what uh, what other um Pokemon are you rolling with? Um, uh, right I have now. a Growlithe, mm-hmm. um, a Pikachu. Yeah, I finally got him to evolve. It took I, me so long to evolve my P- I, my Pichu. Well, I spent like uh so much time like petting him, yep. and feeding him beans, and uh, you know, like I don't even think that's it. I think uh, because you you just have to up the friendship, and friendship isn't one of the um isn't one of the categories in the Pokemon maintenance what's it called refresh refresh okay so there's a like a little mini game in this game where you can um feed your pokemon you can pet them and you can uh do other like maintenance on them like yeah if it's like if they yeah if they were attacked by a water type you can use a little towel to like or a little blow dryer to like blow to dry them off off. you use the little towel if they get muddy (laughs) yeah and and uh if you invest as with a lot of things in this game, if you invest time in it, there are benefits. But if you don't, you're told like you're fine not doing it. Yeah. Because I, my Rowlet 
and the Pikachu I always like do all the things to keep them happy. Yeah. And there are benefits in battle. Like they will do a it'll be like, oh, he did a critical to earn your praise. And then little hearts will like appear yeah, yeah. above him. Or, or it'll be like he heard you shout for him and <laughs> yeah. so he dodged the attack. So yeah, yeah. So there are benefits to doing it. Um but what I was reading is that uh you may not have to, but that helps just like doing that stuff, it helps increase the friendship level. The friendship level. And so uh that's how I got him to. I also gave him like the little bell he yep. can carry around to make him feel safe, and uh, and then like using him in battle and stuff, basically making P- uh, Pichu feel important. Right. I. It is amazing how much. I mean, all all of the Pokemon have a, a lot of personality, but I am floored by how much personality Pichu and Pikachu have. Every time I go into the the mini game to like play with the Pikachu or like pet him. He's doing something. Like sometimes he's just like facing the other way, and sometimes he's like he pokes his head up, like he's uh, bu- like under the camera or something. He's just so cute and playful. Growlithe is really cute too. Oh, is he's he? just I, like a do- I, he's like a little dog. Like he really is like uh yeah re- like a dog, and then you pet him and he like pants and he's like happy. Oh, it's man. really cute. Um, but there are so many things to level. Oh, who are you, who are you rocking in your party? Oh, uh, so I've got. Uh, did we get through all of your party? I think you just did like three. Um, and then I also. And then I just grimer. have. I have a grimer. Right. Um, I don't know. I have ones that I just never pull out because. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because who cares, man? <laughs> um. So yeah, my my party right now is um that Poliwhirl that I just picked up, um because I don't. Like, I don't have a strong uh, water type mm-hmm. right now, um, partially because I just want to get finish this next trial so I can use the Ash Greninja um, that we got from the playing the demo. Um, but the rest of my party, I'm looking it up right now. Um, there's uh, Good Kitty, my uh, evolved uh, Litten. I'm using a, a, a two cannon, which is, um, what was it originally? Pick a peck. The little bird oh, thing. Oh yeah. Um uh so that that's fully evolved. Um I've got a Pikachu and then a uh Kadabra. Um I really like the Abra Kadabra Alakazam family. I'll wanna trade him trade this Kadabra to you and then have him traded back so that he'll evolve, because when you trade it, it evolves. Um and a uh Fomantis. It's a um like plant bug. Um that I like. Oh, I have a Persian. What is that? It is uh, Meowth, the like oh, second okay. evolution. Okay. Which again, this was another bummer when the because the Meowth has so much personality. Yeah, you know, and then the Persian is just kind of like a cow with a jewel yeah. in its head. You know, it, it's just jewel not as, it's just not as fun. <laughs> Ugh. Um, then of course my Pikachu, my Grimer, and then my Umbreon, which is the one of the possible evolutions yes. of an Eevee. Um, that's pretty. Cool. Who I got out of an egg. Oh, hatched out of an egg. I also hatched uh, an EV out of out of the egg. Um, do you foresee yourself doing uh, any any Pokemon breeding? Have you done any? It seems like there's no end to how complicated this game could be. Yeah, like there are so many things that can be leveled up in this game. <laughs> yeah, because there's we haven't even talked about like the camera aspect. Oh jeez! You know, and like so, and th- so you like take photos of Pokemon, and then, uh, th- it the game just like has this like weird like Twitter slash Instagram type yeah. thing where like you put up the photo, 
and it and gets then, a bunch of likes and it gets a bunch of comments. rights and comments from like j- the game itself right but but it's funny because the comments comments aren't all positive they'll be like hmm there's a lot of water in that they'll still give you likes but they're not all great so one of the comments that pops up uh, on some of them is uh uh like 7.5 yeah, yeah 7.8 too much water um which is a reference to Kelly Pleggy's review of uh, Omega uh, Pokemon Omega Ruby and Alpha Sapphire on IGN. That's amazing. Um, which she rated as like a seven point eight or five or whatever it is. And in the list of pros and cons, one of the cons was too much water. Um, which, which she explained in the review was like there are too many water type Pokemon, so the game seems like unbalanced in this way. Um, but the bullet point at the end is just con too much water, um, and that became like a rallying cry within the idiot comment section of IGN that like oh IGN thinks this is done with it too much water like that that was anyway um, that's really funny super funny that the treehouse people like know that and they're like. Yes, that's a joke we can make. Too well, much water. There, the, uh, I often like laugh out loud at the little the comments that happen in this game because every time you meet like another Pokemon trainer and they challenge you and then you beat them, like they all kind of it's like it's like swimmer dude Biff or like you know yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. they all have like names and like a thing they do and a lot of them are like um, preschooler Tina, right? Yeah, and then the one that always gets me because I feel like. You sometimes seen them more than once. I think that's right. Uh, but the one that always gets me is like, it'll be like, you beat te- a preschooler Tina. And then she's like, I'm too young for math. For math. <laughs> and has like her hands like flung up the air like she's really excited. Like that one I just think is. Yeah, too young for math is, just... is pretty adorable. <laughs> uh, but yeah, like the amount of things you can level up in this game are insane. Like you can level up the camera, right? So you like take photos and the more likes you get. Jeez, I didn't even know you could. Yeah, the more likes, so the first time it's like, get 1,500 likes, which isn't very hard. It's like three photos. Yeah. And your camera moves up to level two, which means you can get, you can zoom in. Right. And then it's like the next level is like 10,000 likes or like 15,000 likes. Um, There's like Festival Plaza, which the more you play in that, the more levels it gets, which means more things get get Festival coins. (laughs) Like there are so many things in this game that can be leveled up. Um. That. And then other th- other things that aren't even on like a level spectrum, like the amount of clothing options yeah. in this game. So both Mark and I have have our trainers to a point where they're wearing not the clothes that they started with, where we've cut their hair and you know put glasses on them if we wanted to, um, change their eye color. Mm-hmm. I finally figured out how to do that. Um, <laughs> I was gonna be like, and this is how you do it because we couldn't remember a lot, and I forgot okay great (laughs) (laughs) um but but i I, anytime i get to a new town and like i find the clothing shop i'm excited to like go shopping for clothes i will say the okay because in order to get places in the game you have to go on routes or routes so like route five route six and you know you're progressing because it's like oh i just went on route six yeah go to like route seven and uh, in this way, the game is repetitive in that it's like, okay, you're going down these routes. And I guess you could um, avoid the other Pokemon trainers, but it's kind of like the only way to earn money in this game is to yeah. defeat Pokemon trainers. Oh, and to sell items that you Oh, that's true. You can, you can, you can sell get items. Like, there are big pearls and other items that are only there to be sold. Um, and I kind of find that aspect of the... like. I have started avoiding 
poke like fighting other Pokemon traders. Oh, yeah. But if you beat them all, a lot of times there are rewards at the end because it'll be there'll be like a main trainer who yeah. is like uh like come back to me after if for a challenge after you've beat all the other trainers on like route route five. So you like beat all of them, then you go back and it's a little tougher and you yeah. get like a better item for it. Mark, I think I think you should put your Rowlet away for a little bit. Yeah, I think it would probably I, I felt because what I was trying to do was like plow ahead to get as far as I could so we could um get into the game. Because the first like it plot wise. Yeah. Um the first part of the game is just like, oh, you're like exploring the low law and everything. Right. And, and you're participating in this like Pokemon training and fighting island, ritual. Right. Yeah. And like the island challenge. It's a rite of passage. It's a rite of passage. And uh you're accompanied by your like friend that mm-hmm. you meet. His name's like How Howa How H A U H A U Yeah How How And he's um uh he's great He has like really fun animations Yeah he's uh, like a, a a nonstop ball of positivity I mean yeah oh he's gr- I mean everybody in this game is like super positive Sure Uh Lily can be kind of a bummer Well okay I she's my least favorite character and it's not because she's a bummer. It's because I feel... Okay, so you have your best friend and then this girl who in the plot, her name's Lily, mm-hmm. and she's very like doe-eyed and you know is wearing like a dress. And she has this mysterious Pokemon yes. that she is trying to um, help. And uh, there's like plot stuff that's going on with like a um, uh, institute or whatever it's called, which is like... And wormholes. And wormholes, which is like... Uh, but anyways, she's kind of a bummer because I... She, at this point, is helpless. Yeah. And it kind of bums me out. Like, there's a part where she's like, I don't know that I can find the library on my own. I'm like, <laughs> girl, get it together. Girl, figure it <laughs> out. Yeah, well, it's just like... Uh, and that's the way she's written as kind of like this, like, like hell, I'm helpless. I can't do anything. Do she everything also... for me. And, and it's not that aspect where I'm like, I have to do stuff for you. It's the fact that like, come how reductive can this be? Yeah. I, I mean, she's also, she's like a Pokemon pacifist. Like she, she's like, uh, I never thought I would become a Pokemon trainer. Well, she's like, I don't know that I'm str- like, you know, that I could become a trainer. It's not even that she's like, I don't want to be a trainer. She's like, I don't think I could do that. No, uh, well, I'm precious. <laughs> well, she does say over and over again, I'm precious. <laughs> a lot of the dialogue boxes are just, I'm precious, period. I'm precious, period. I'm precious, period. <laughs> and, and maybe, and maybe you're right. Maybe she does like say, uh, maybe it is that she's a pacifist, but like, because she's so like, painted as so weak in all other aspects yeah um maybe by reading of it is more negative and i mean i think in no pokemon game are you going to find a bunch of super fleshed out rich characters right no and that that's not my my complaint is not that no i get you i'm sorry i was was being reductive (laughs) (laughs) my my complaint is not that like these characters aren't like the richest my complaint Mm -hmm. is that she's if unless you you make your trainer a uh girl yeah which is an option mm-hmm. but unless you make your trainer a girl she's the only other main female character in this game thus far what about uh lily's adoptive mother at the institute is it her adoptive mother i just met her and i don't know her name oh at the institute yeah I, what is she well how much how like how like into spoilers do we want to get uh i mean i guess maybe not because uh, it I, I do find the story that starts to develop like halfway through the second island um 
pretty compelling well, for it's, a Pokemon story. Well, and, th- and that's why I wanted to push through, because we talked about this like a little bit last week, but because at the beginning, it's just like, oh, the Alola region is great. Yeah. And then there are some other developments really involving like wormholes and stuff that are kind of not out of left field, but are unexpected. I was, I was ex- anticipating yeah. that the game was just going to be Let's just like have fun in the Alola region because it's amazing. Yeah, well, and like the the normal like uh, one of the things Pokemon asks of you is to collect them all and become the very best, and usually like that's goal enough for these games. Um, but it's cool that there's there are all these other like narrative layers, and you know even if they're sort of thin, that it, it's it's more structure than um, I was expecting. Absolutely uh, of this game. Uh, love Skull Skull Team Team Skull. Oh yeah, I love. Uh, skull team too i, I love it so their, their animations are so like the animations of the characters except you you're so boring Every, everybody's trainer is the most boring yeah but i love the way my trainer looks yeah yeah you can you can really customize your trainer to yeah. like um but like the animations of uh team skull are awesome like they do this like break dancing type like you know like move and that the music, you can't, the, the, the music, music when they show great. up is really cool um i love when you fight one of them and there's that cool like uh, blacking out yeah. of the top screen that's really fun. Um, th- yeah, the animations of like uh, uh, your friend are great. He's always like oh, cheering She's and so like, happy. Uh, I loved in the second island, one of the challenges is there's like these dancing oh, uh, yeah, Mohawks, torch wielding Mohawks. Yeah. And it's like so cute. It, it's cute and dumb. So that, that's one of the things that. Uh, the the trials are all different, um, un- unlike the uh, gym challenges in previous Pokemon games, which are all just combat, combat, combat. Um, some of the trials are like, so this Moak one that we were talking about, um, the Pokemon dance. They and, do a little dance, and they're holding like torches, right? And the, they're doing like a little tiki dance. Yeah, they do like a little like <laughs> a luau, t- a little like luau dance. Um, and then they like do a freeze frame at the end, and then he's like, "Okay, pay attention to that dance." Uh, and then tell me what's different this time. And then they do it again. And in the first one, it actually is that like one of them is... The first uh, one's the most challenging. Yeah, because he's like positioned a little bit differently. But the, the, the second and the third one are like jokes. Because <laughs> it's like suddenly there's a hiker in the picture or something. <laughs> um, so it's all, it's all very just like fun and goofy and different. Um, so every trial, like, you know you're going to fight something with something else. But like w- how that's dressed up is is always different um, and always fun. Um, why were we talking about the the? I feel like that that was an explanation. Oh, we, we were just talking else. about like the plot a okay. little bit and like stuff like that. Um, one of another thing that and again, like I'm really enjoying this game. So mm-hmm. the things that I'm saying like are the like the little like negative things about it. Let's get to criticism. Are not, but they're not. It's not like. Uh, super harsh right but like because just like minor annoyances another minor annoyance is how pokemon can call for help so you'll be like at the end of a trial or something yeah you know and uh it'll be almost down and then it calls for like a radicate or something and you're like no i gotta fight two of these things on yeah and you don't have the option of calling for help right you can I- occasionally do like duo fights two on two two on two but the thing with uh two on two is that the seems like the hardware has a hard time keeping up. The frame rate drops significantly. Yeah, in a two in on moment. two fight. Yeah, um, or any time like a third Pokemon enters the. Yeah, that's true. Like it, you, it really takes a hit. Um, 
Which is fine because it's all menu-based combat. So, like, the game is functionally the same. Oh, yeah. It's just, like, weirdly noticeable. Yeah. <laughs> We're like, what, what is happening here? I was actually going to ask if you if that happened to you because you're running a new 3DS. And yeah. And I'm running the old one. So, I wasn't sure if that was something that, like, the better hardware took care of. Uh, you know, honestly, I don't know if I notice it when just a po- when one Pokemon calls for backup. Um, it, I, I notice it mostly in the... Um, two-on-two especially when it's two trainers versus two trainers um because then you can you can see the actual trainers in in the fight too so that the game is you know populating eight characters so maybe like that's where it really starts to chug uh another thing uh, in these like two-on-two battles or anytime there are multiple pokemon one thing i find again just like a minor annoyance is using the circle pad, it's very easy to accidentally toggle to an empty space. Yeah. And, and target the empty space. And target space. like the empty space. Uh, and it's just like, why would I want to do that? Yeah, why? Why is this even an option? I How much of the... Um, so be, because the game keeps making you use the uh, the touchpad for the Pokemon refresh after fights, and it happens pretty regularly that it's it like... It gives you the option after yeah. every, each... Like, after... Most a fights. lot of fights, yeah. you can push Y, and it'll automatically take you to Pokemon Refresh. Anytime it prompts me to do I it. I always do it. it. <laughs> I don't want my Pokemon to feel unloved. Not at all. Um, but I, I end up doing a lot of the combat on the touchscreen. Like, with, not with uh, the, the circle pad and pushing A, but actually just, like, tapping the moves I want them to do. Oh. Do you... Uh, it sounds like you probably end up... Uh, yeah, I mostly pull out the stylus just for pokemon refresh yeah me too i'm i'm just using like my fingers oh, on the actual uh, yeah screen. no i haven't been doing that that might be better i mean more precise and yeah don't get me wrong i'm getting jelly all over <laughs> well i mean you only play when you're eating peanut butter and jelly sandwich that's sloppy right. peanut butter and jelly sandwich just very sloppy and i make them just bare hand <laughs> i just g- grab a glop of peanut butter and <laughs> on the bread and then a handful of jelly and <laughs> it's delicious and i'm having a wonderful time um well how about your complaint corner any complaints uh let's see um i mean i think i think we've hit on um you know most of most of my complaints i'm i'm really loving the game oh yeah i'm really loving the game too i'm just generally a negative person <laughs> i feel like on this podcast i i'm the person it's like yeah no it's great but but um because uh, well, we said we said everything that i that i have uh complaints with that the that it chugs when there's a lot of um characters on screen uh i, I think another thing again just like minor annoyances and Part of this, I think, was I was trying to, like, get through the game quickly, like, get as far as I could quickly. Sure. But just, like, the time it takes to do things could be in the sense that even just, like, going through menus where it's like, okay, I'm going to go into Pokemon Refresh, but when I um, pet, like, the Pikachu or whatever, there's a really cute animation, but then there's, like, a one second or, like, one and a half second uh, moment where I can't do anything and it's, like, resetting. Or, yeah. like, you feed him a bean, and then he, like, accepts it, and there's, like, this animation, I'm like, okay, great. The, like, little hearts appear to, like, tell you. And then there's, like, a two-second, like, repositioning animation before you can do anything else. And it's just, like, things like that that I wish were tightened up because I'm doing it so often yeah. that those, like, two seconds begin to feel really, they add up. Yeah, yeah, I get that. Um, I think especially as you're playing for... um 
it, with like the goal in mind of like I want to get as far in this to to have a conversation about it. Um, but I think now that we can kind of just luxuriate in it, um, that that'll that kind of stuff will will bother me less. I do wish. Uh, so I when, once we actually got it to work, um, it, you know, the fighting our, our a set of Pokemon against each other was you know relatively easy um and there are probably more options um but like i think it would be fun if you and i could challenge other trainers together if we could do like a co-op cooperative thing um and i guess maybe we just need to get more into that again that this is another like pool that could be as deep as we want it to be um fighting either online or you know finding other people to play with or whatever um and then trading and all of that. I mean, there's just, I am intimidated by the depth of this game. Um, and I don't know, I don't know if I'm going to end up taking it into that, like the, the post game, or if I'm going to get to the end and then say like, okay, that's, I've spent 40 hours in Pokemon. Yeah. Because for, um, many people who play Pokemon, the post game is, is, is the game, like is just as big of a deal, if not bigger than the actual like story and game itself yeah and uh geez i just don't know i don't know if i'm i don't know if i'm there mark yeah uh, i i still gotta get back to dragon quest 7 at some point you gotta get back and to then dragon then quest 7 the switch will be coming out right and then and then dragon quest 8 oh man and then uh we're gonna die at some point too right within two years i think <laughs> that's so so say so say uh so, says the prophecy but overall i cannot recommend this game enough yeah um i think it's fun for people who have played play a lot of pokemon i think it's great for people who have never played pokemon i think it's great for people who don't like rpgs like i i think they really knocked it out of the park yeah me too i mean i think just like just straight recommendation like i I just i just think it's a a great game um i did get uh, an an email from our friend spencer who writes with us on uh retcon punch who is also playing um he had a uh an anecdote that he wanted to to relay if if i may um so the, this email has uh some language in it i'm going to censor <laughs> uh spencer which is uh, doubly funny just coming from spencer because he's so clean he doesn't swear at all in the pieces that we write about comics um so this is just adorable the the email reads dude dude holy uh bleep uh i just went into 10 carat cave and was almost immediately attacked by a carbink you know the carbink it's like a little rabbit in a stone um he says my diglet slashes at it with metal claw it takes about two-thirds of its health i try to catch it it doesn't work carbink calls for aid and a Sableye, S-A-B-L-Y-E, shows up. It's like a little lizardy looking, or it's like a, looks like a gremlin almost. Um, he says, I'm determined to catch the carbink, so I decided to kill Sableye first. But Sableye uses his attack to take down the carbink, its own partner. <laughs> uh, eventually, he catches the carbink uh, and says, uh, when I'm adding... When I'm reading its Pokedex entry, I see that the Sableye are known for stalking Carbinks so that they can take their gems. So this opportunistic jerk heard a Carbink call for help and decided to pretend to help it so it could pretty much murder it instead and steal its gemstones off its corpse. My catching it probably was the only thing that stopped it. I feel ashamed to say to store it in my PC, but it's the only thing keeping it off the streets. That's amazing. <laughs> uh- 
oh that reminds me that uh people were listing online the uh like pokedex entries yeah some of them are like super dark yeah like that you know where it's just like oh um it's you know blah 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 is like living on a pile of bones you know (laughs) just like just like things like that where it's like very like grim and very like death obsessed well when there there are like 800 of these things right um so some of them yeah get dark or weird or are stalking each other to steal their gems that's great (laughs) well i have i have not i have not seen that or like one text it that's great me neither In, Uh, in fact when uh, when a Pokemon calls for backup, it's almost always another of that Pokemon. But I love that there's a a type of Pokemon that will call for help and <laughs> be greeted by its mortal <laughs> enemy, which will then it's predator in nature. Kill it. Yeah. Um. W- another thing that's just uh generally super cool about Pokemon is that once Pokemon Bank is released next year, mm-hmm. you'll be able to put your gen one you're like yes you know if you have them your pokemon like red and blue and you've been keeping them and transferring them all this time you'll well, be able to put you, there, there's a cutoff there because uh right the um if something made it to a game boy advance there's no way that like the bridge from game boy advance to oh you're right yes i think there's a there's a cutoff there but the um virtual console versions of red blue and yellow are compatible with pokemon bank that's crazy. So, so like, you'd be able I can to... take the bolt or the uh, Squirtle that I started training a couple months ago in Pokemon Red, and you would be able to transfer him into like that's yeah. just cool. Yeah, that's, you know, it's like rewards long term players in a way that I don't know any other game has ever done. Nope. Uh, it's it's a very like forward think. I'm just I'm just surprised at how happy I am with with Pokemon Sun and Moon. And, like I was ex- anticipating enjoying it. Um, but yeah, I've really kind of been blown away with, uh, how much, like the depth, how much fun it is, uh, like this stuff that, you know, like Spencer found, like, yeah. that's like, just like, there's so much like care put into these games. Yes. It, it feels it, like a, a real functional world. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, Mark, we did it. Uh, I think. Uh, again, the two weeks in a uh, in a row where we're going to skip the reader mail uh, segment, but we've we've gotten two emails in here uh, yeah. from Spencer and Pete, um, and we uh, I've got another one on deck from Ethan, but we can uh, do Ethan's question next time. Um, and if you've got a question for us, it uh, helps the show, and we can talk about something, and it's fun. Yeah, we then, promise we'll eventually get to yeah, it. Yeah, we'll promise we'll keep putting it off. <laughs> I read two emails today. <laughs> uh, you can send email, of course, to uh, Nintendo Cartridge Society. <laughs> Nintendo Cartridge Society at, at gmail.com. gmail.com. Uh, Mark- also, also, if you're playing Pokemon Sun and Moon, yeah. we want to hear about your experience. Yeah. Because, again, this game is so deep that you probably have seen and experienced something that, like, I don't even know you could trade with NPCs. That was, you know, like that happened. And, uh, you know, like Spencer's experience. These are things that I haven't seen. So we would love to hear. Um, also, on a personal, like, I would be interested in hearing if you have any thoughts on the Mario Zelda divide. Yeah. From... Which which side do you, let's just weigh in personally. Mark, what what side of the divide, if, if you had to say, like, for you, which is more meaningful, Mario or Zelda? 
I am more excited at the prospect of Breath of the Wild than I am the Mario Switch game. Yeah. But I don't think that reflects poorly on the Mario Switch game, which I will 100% buy. Yeah. And 100%, like, you know, I expect to fully enjoy. You know what I think it is? There aren't very many negative Zelda experiences. Whereas, like, there are Mario games that are just okay, and then there are, like, Mario Tennis, Mario Party, all these other Mario games that, like, can be genuinely bad. I don't really know that there is a genuinely bad Zelda experience. Yeah. I, I mean, guess that's true. I mean, there are lesser the Zelda experiences. Crossbow training. <laughs> Um, but yeah, if you have any thoughts on that, like I would be, we'd be interested in hearing that. And also, we're like five weeks away from M Night Shyamalan's yeah, split coming it. out. Yeah. So, um, do, when when does the movie release? Do you do you know the release date? It's is like, it a Christmas release? No, no, no it's mid January. Oh, okay. Um, and I'm gonna be honest. So you're playing like the long con here. You've been asking for spoilers for this movie for months. I'm giving people time. I mean, right. like I'm hoping, I'm hopeful. Right. Like I'm. You gonna, know, it's a big ass. I'm gonna be. Yeah, exactly. Because I'm weak. I googled this week trying to figure find it. Legitimately could not find it. But I know it's out there. I know it's out there. Okay, so you can email the spoilers for Split. Is the name of the Split? Movie? Okay. Um, or you could uh, tweet them at us uh, at Nincart Society. Or uh, just post it all over our, our Facebook page. There's like two other things on the Facebook page. <laughs> it's just spoilers for Split. <laughs> that would be great. Uh, all right. So that's going to do it for this episode of Nintendo Cartridge Society. Uh, like I said, check us out on Twitter. Shoot us an email or get to us on uh, Facebook. Um, also, if you're interested in helping us out, you could go on iTunes and rate, review, and subscribe. Tell your friends. you got a friend who likes Nintendo, right? Uh, they'll want to hear us talk about Nintendo. Um, while you're on iTunes, you can check out another What's a Creative podcast uh, network podcast. We're part of that network. And if you like this, there's a good chance you'll like something else there. On a side note, this is not um, What's a Creative related, but I did a, a guest. Uh, I was a guest on Ryan Mogi and Kelly Nugent's uh, Tall, Dark, and Broody podcast which is the show about the TV show Angel um, that's on the uh, Nerdist School Network. We talked about uh, seasons two, season two, episodes one and two, and that comes out on Thursday. Um, so check that out too. Uh, and you know, Nerdist, uh, Nerdist School Network has other shows. Anyway, geez, I'm talking too much. Uh, uh, do, 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 do. What am I doing? Am I wrapping up the show? <laughs> Uh, if you like Mark and Mind's opinions, you can always uh, read more about them on retconpunch.com. It is where we write about comic books. Uh, Livy Duncan made our logo. Uh, our, our music is done by 8-Bit Betty, which you can hear more of by going to his website or by listening a little bit right now. For my co-host, Mark Mitchell, this is Patrick Ellers saying too much, and thanks for listening.
What's a creative podcast network?